rugby club. And you know what? John Layfield, that man sucks! John Layfield sucks. This is the Rugby Odds, where an unlikely pundit panel of a wordsmith, a WWE legend, a rugby star, and a supermodel scour the globe, seeking best bets and bad behavior. Are you not entertained? Thank you, but I must insist that you end your applause early. I was awful again last week. More on that later. But in the meantime, look at the sponsor, Opportunity Green Room. You'll see WWE Hall of Famer turned rugby advocate and cupcake connoisseur, John Bradshaw Layfield, his pal, King Gift A. Bailu, the inventor of words. They're prepping diligently once again, and they should because we have a great show. Look at the Your Company name here, Slate. Six Nations, Ireland, and everyone else. Yellow cards matter. Last week versus this week. Picks of the week. Plus, George Hook waiting in the wings. So let's get to the show. Let's bring in John and Gift. Guys, 17 and 16, not a banner week for us. Your records were better than that indicates because uh, I I sucked. I sucked again, and you bailed me out. You you were for some – I don't know how you did it, but you were 5-2, and two, each of you, in the French top 14, despite the fact that they flipped the cart. Only four of the home teams won, and only three of the home teams covered. Mind-numbing stuff, yet you two were successful in it. And again, for the second consecutive week, yours truly gets the f***ing wooden spoon. Normal. Normal. It's normal. We're smart, and you're about as dumb as this cupcake. Bam. Okay. All right. Bam. Gift, I want to welcome you back from the dentist um, and appreciate you coming on after the Novocaine and everything else. Takeaways from last weekend? France is exactly what I expected them to be. I told you Ireland is coming back strong. Look, this is a team that I've said has a coach that does weird soliloquies about rugby, and they have done way too much when they lost to Pont. It is a talented team that has dropped so many games. You can't drop games in the URC, drop games during the Investec European Cup, and then be like, oh, we're going to be the best team ever. The culture is in the culture, and we're seeing it right off the bat. Also, Scotland is not as bad as people think they are, not in the sense of, like, giving up a second half. They weren't ready. That is a team that is going to be more of a top-tier team. Look for them late in this whole competition. God, there we go. Yes. <laughs> that Finn Russell is balling. Balling. <laughs> you mentioned Finn Russell. How about Pat Mahomes getting body shamed? Ridiculously getting body shamed. Oh, he's got a dad bod. I'm like, what are you, out, of your, out of your mind? And then you look at Finn Russell, and he proves that you don't have to live in the gym. See, you, you justified what everybody was saying. It's not a factor that they don't live in the gym. It's a factor that you have the right layers to protect you from the hits when you're taking open-ended shots. Pat Mahomes, Finn Russell, both of them absolutely are gym. But all the power is underneath the fat Bam. to be able to take the middle shots. Bam. Russell's like 160 pounds. He's got Man, no layers. I got Finn Russell, Pat Mahomes cupcake that I'm eating right now to add my layers of protection around me. Bam! <laughs> Bam! I, I just, I'm, 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 I don't know how to respond to that. And what trolling world does Patrick Mahomes uh, troll in? We don't roll in those worlds. We got a quarterback that is a generational player, maybe the greatest of all time, and he may be by the time he's done. And all your All right. While he's ranting about Pat Mahomes, we're going to go to George Hook because he's waiting in the wings patiently. Let's welcome in Irish.
Irish rugby legend, George Hook. Let's give it up for George. George Hook, yeah, George Hook is here. Yes, 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 yes. Now I am going to shut the three of you up with the most dramatic piece of news from Ireland. Hook has won the lottery, not once, but twice in the last three weeks. 24 bucks total winnings. Awesome. All right, some bullet points. The first one, the Six Nations, Ireland and everyone else. Yellow cards matter. Last week versus this week. Let's start with yellow cards matter. Scotland blew a chance at a blowout with two second half yellows and some ill-discipline, but the big story was who yellows do indeed make a red. Paul Valimsa getting those two yellows, the second one coming when Ireland was leading 17-3 at the 32-minute mark. Are you mad at our fans? We have like three people that watch this show. Are you trying to get all three of, P of, three of them to not watch anymore? That is the most boring monologue intro I've ever heard. You have the legend George Hook on here. Let's ask George some questions. That's why everybody wants to hear, not you pontificate about some yellow cards, which you act like English is your second language. So I have a question for Mr. Hook. It is Ireland and everybody else. George, is it possible that without Johnny Sexton, that Ireland is a better team. And the reason I ask that, with all due respect, I have a lot of love and respect for Johnny Sexton. He is a true warrior. But sometimes when you have a player that is so great, people rely on that player in proportionately to the team. You take that greatness away, the rest of the team has to raise their game because they don't have that player to rely on. Is it possible that Ireland is actually better without Johnny Sexton? Well, it's a good question, but forgive me if I just say something before I get there, right? Let's put this result in context, right? Now, I've been watching 60 years. Ireland have only won four times, excluding this weekend, four times against France in 58 years wow. in France, I mean, right? And two, the biggest winning margin was six points. And you now think of what happened this weekend, that we beat France and the margin is 21 points. This is certainly the greatest performance by Ireland ever against France. And it may well be Ireland's greatest ever performance since I've been watching them at the end of World War II. Now to get to your question, because I'm, I'm not avoiding it. We have a coach now who is simply magnificent, who allows the players to play rugby, unlike his predecessor, Joe Schmidt, who I think might well have looked at their emails if he could find that dodgy in them. So Ireland didn't play rugby at all, worthy of their talents. Under Farrell, they've done that. Now, what did they do against France? One. Unlike the World Cup, their lineout was superb, 100%, absolutely superb, and they stole a few French ones. Secondly, they delivered, which, which is a key to the final system, quick rock ball. If you look back at it, the speed at which the ball comes back from the rock is quite astonishing. And then at number nine, he picks a guy who is best capable of using that quick ball, i.e. Jemison Gibson Park. So what we have is quick ball. Now, Crowley is getting the ball quickly in, in his hands. What he has outside him 
is in the shape of Bundiaki, and God bless New Zealand for sending over uh, their not wanted children to us. Um, Bundiaki, particularly, who was magnificent in the centre. And we have two great wings. Like everything about this team is astonishing. Now, what about France? You must ask the question, what about France? What about France, George? We've known about Dupont not being around for three months, and so was the coach, and so was everybody else. He brings in a scrum half who's been fabulous for Bordeaux. He's got one of the best fly halves in the world in Jalabert. He certainly have one, has the be- one the best wing in the world in the shape of Pinot. So, like, he's still got odds on to win this match. Unfortunately, he picks a guy with an IQ of minus eight and a half <laughs> in the second row. Now, what Williamson did is the equivalent of driving down I-95 at 120 miles an hour and getting stopped by a cop who says, I'm giving you a warning, kiddo. And then you you turn around and put on down the pedal and do 120 miles an hour again and get stopped 100 yards down the road. What he did was unforgivable. All right. So a couple of things. John, thanks for jumping ahead on the on the script. Matt, you're boring, okay? We're, people are here to see George Hook. You're, you're like a potted plant. <laughs> I muted his mic, George, so we could continue. You said <laughs> last week on this program that the front row of France was going to beat up the front row of Ireland, and that was going to be the difference in the match. That wasn't the case. Do you want to change your thinking about the Irish front row at this point? Oh, no, I mean, the Irish scrum remains, in my view, one of the weakest parts of the side. If what they did was they survived in the scrum. Going back to the, the question with about Sexton, how is the dynamic different with Sexton not in the lineup? It's not a worse team. And here I'm I'm in big trouble. What I'm gonna say next. I don't think Sexton was a good captain. What we had in this match was indisputably one of the great leaders of men in Irish rugby in the shape of a man. I am absolutely certain that Ireland got the short end of the stick from referees in a lot of matches because Sexton had a row with the ref on the pitch. So what we have now is a brilliantly led side. We've a kid in our half who's doing what Farrell wants him to do. We're producing wonderful ball. Like you got to watch this. You just have to watch it. This, this is the savior of the game, what we saw. All right, we have to take a break. We'll be right back. Need a great price on a new vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. Easy Price shows you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships. It's easy at Sheehy. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle, on West 36th Street. And we're back. Gift, you've been sitting there for a while. You just got back from the dentist office. Do you have something for George? Do you feel that France peaked out this past year because the new change in the international schedule is now making them play too much? The, the, the thing is, the French players are playing too much rugby. 
Short and simple answer, they're playing too much. Sure. You've been around the block quite a bit. Do you think there would have been a different vibe, a different juice, a different energy for French players to feed off of in Paris rather than Marseille? No. I mean, the audience in Marseille was extraordinary. I, it's one of the great renditions uh, of the French national anthem that I've heard. The actual noise, everything in the ground before the game started was all in France's favour. It definitely was, I mean, it was terrifying. For like, I just can't imagine Crowley and McCarthy standing there. It was yeah. terrifying. But what Ireland did was they shut them up. That was what happened. Like suddenly the French, the French audience, you know, are, aren't singing the Marseillaise anymore. They're suddenly looking and saying, what's going on here? I love Marseille. It was an extraordinarily difficult place to go. But then just in passing, the following night, about 25 up miles up the road, the Ireland under 20s yeah. being the French under 20s who are the world champions 37 31 those u20s beat france john you have anything else for george yeah george this week uh last week you were spot on with uh italy and england about the fact that italy was probably going to cover that 17 and a half points uh which they did very easily you know capuzzo was not playing but obviously england's looking ahead france now has taken this shellacking in their home country going into scotland Scotland's getting anywhere between three and a half and four and a half points, basically a dead even game. How do you think the Scots do against the French? Are the French really that disorganized or was Ireland simply that much better? Well, we can only base it on one weekend, but on the basis of one weekend, one team is a mile ahead of the rest and one team is a mile behind the rest. Wales. I'd actually put Wales at this point behind Italy. Italy had the match for the taking and at a crucial point it just lost concentration. England are very poor. I mean they can talk all this standing the other thing and say we're getting better and they were paying Italy for crying out loud. You know, I think Italy are good. They won't win a match but they'll deliver a few good performances. That's a big spread, you know, in the Italian game. International teams don't go out to beat the spread. International teams go out to win one and two get four tries for a bonus point. You mentioned the Welsh being awful, but you also said England are awful. They're going against each other. Do you think the Welsh second half against Scotland has anything in terms of momentum for the Welsh team going against England? Well, I would think that all insomnia sufferers might want to tune in to the England-Wales game because I reckon it's a guarantee to put you to sleep. I mean, <laughs> they have nothing to offer, you know? And, and like with two bad teams playing each other, it's just going to be bad. Whereas like Scotland are exciting. Like Scotland will try and play the game. I'm not sure Scotland are good enough to take France... If France, in the space of a week, rediscover their mojo. So, like, I mean, either the French are a bunch of pussycats and are going to throw the Six Nations Championship, or they're actually going to say, that wasn't us last week against Ireland. This is us this week against Scotland. So I'd be betting on France to beat Scotland. All right, on that note, let's hear it for George, guys. Let's go. All right, Thanks George. So much, yes. George. Yes.
cleats you need them tomorrow if you order today by 3 p.m new york time or noon la time they can have them to you tomorrow young old male female if you're playing on turf if you're playing on grass if you're playing in the rain you're playing in the heat they've got you covered rugbynow.com go there now we're back and how great was george hook fellas come on always always a genius when you let him do what he's supposed to do and Bam! Interrupt him with long soliloquies like oh, they're a French. The soliloquies coach. were terrible. I mean, absolutely terrible. And your questions, then you try to give an answer after to make yourself appear smart, and then you just like open-endedly stop and let the other guests start talking. It's terrible. Despite all of that, George Hook is awesome. I'm not perfect. I didn't say I was. Uh, and gift. No, you we think you're awful. Not close to perfect. We the other way. The other way. If perfect were here, you'd be over there. Gift, you shouldn't be throwing stones, guy, because your internet went down to, talking to George, and that's not cool. Okay. Like that's Gift's fault. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It wanted to talk to George, and it showed out. And then every time it did, you saw you. It started to blip out again. You kept trying to tell me to go the other direction. All right, you know? <laughs> All right, let's go in a different direction, fellas. Let's talk about Six Nations. We got three matches coming up in round two. The first one of which is in Murray Field in Scotland. France going in. And John, what was that spread? Four and a half. Four and a half. All right, John, take it away with your uh, compadres in Scotland. Who do you like? I like Scotland, but I'm not sure they're going to win. It, it all depends on France here. This is doesn't depend on Scotland. Scotland's going to show up. Scotland's going to play well and play hard. They've got decent weather. That they're going to be there. Maybe a little, little slight chance of rain. It'll be a little bit cold, but it's for this time of year, it's going to be pretty good weather in Scotland. It's going to be a great home atmosphere. It just depends on which uh, French team shows up. The one that showed up last week, I think Scotland wins the game. If that team somehow puts it together and finds that magic that they had last year going in the World Cup, I think France beats them by 14. What actually happens, I would think I'm going to take the four and a half and I'm going to take Scotland at home. By the way, the whole this whole thing that says hands on France, it also hinges on Finn Russell. He is the magic man. That is Houdini. That man, if he's playing at home, he is a big game player. Finn Russell goes off. The Scots could win this game in Scotland. I'm right there with John on this, actually. I look at Scotland and them having a chance to absolutely show out new guys, younger guys, uh, and and a little bit of momentum, even though the second half against Wales was not too impressive. That being said, France has been playing particularly strange. We see it in the top 14 where home teams aren't playing as well at home. On the road, seems to be doing better. But I do look at this at the four and a half points. I'm probably going to lean this over towards France. I think this is a vengeance game for them. I think they dominate in the scrums, and they actually really show out this time. This is a bad spot for Scotland. I mean, France got beat in France by their rival Ireland, and they got mollywhopped. And Scotland's the first next team up. This is a really bad spot for Scotland to be in. I think if, if it was a different scenario – Scotland has a much better chance, but uh, King Gifty Bailu is right. There's a there's a little bit of angst and animosity coming in from France into Scotland. I don't know. That Murray Field crowd is a great crowd. Finn Russell and co. feed off of it. Uh, I'm going with Scotland. I'm taking the four and a half with Scotland. Hey, we got to hold it there for a second and take a quick break. We'll be right back. Vive la France. 
vive la France. Allez, les bleus. From New York City comes America's longest running and most popular rugby show. The biggest names in Major League Rugby, MLR highlights and big match previews. Rugby Wrap-Up presents MLR Weekly, made in New York City. And we are back on the next one up, England at Twickenham. I think we got 12 and a half points, John, versus Wales. Wales coming off a great second half, but everybody in Wales smiling and happy despite the fact that they lost. Yeah, well, let's play tough. You know, I understand what George Hook is saying. They are in complete disarray. They're a young team. They're really well coached by Gatlin, but they play tough to get back. I mean, they had some advantages, two yellow cards. Uh, they had corrected their line out in the second half. They had some chances in the first half against Scotland. It wasn't quite as disproportionate as it looked like uh, when you look at just the scoreboard. But I think Wales is going to play tough. Uh, but England has got to win this, and they need to win it big. Forget about what happened in Italy. England's a better team than Italy. Italy played their heart out, and they could have won that game, but England was England was the better side in that. England was looking ahead. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So you got to discount what happened last week with Italy. I think England comes in looking to make a statement, and I think England probably covers this. I think England wins the game. Uh, that that I feel very confident about, but I think they probably win it by more than 12 and a half points. You know, a, a lot can be said about that Italy game, but I think the most important thing that needs to be said is England is handicapped right now. They came into it, Marcus Smith, injured. I like it just keeps building up and building up. I feel like this Welsh team is not going to do great, but I think whenever you have this England team, I think they're going to be able to keep uh, within the 12 and a half points. I think England still wins this game, but I think because of all the gap spacing, George Ford being the primary and Marcus Smith is still out for this game as well too. Uh, I, I don't think England is going to perform well. And I think Wells is going to keep it incredibly close within the 12 and a half. Um, but no win. I'm, I'm not giving Wales a win on this one. Think about the incentive these Welsh young kids have. I mean, they got a bunch of young kids that are going in to play England in England. This is a huge game for them. I mean, this is fun for these young kids. They're going to play for 80 minutes. And they are coming off a situation where they were like, oh, we were just one bad penalty away from yeah. beating Scotland. We came back 20, almost 26-0 in the second half. Like, we can do this against this England team. That's a that's a good confidence to come into. I don't know. I, I, I if, if Scotland doesn't get those two yellow cards, they probably run Wales out of the building. And I know on Twitter and, and the social media, people are saying, well, Welsh, the Welsh blew a couple of scoring opportunities and the game would have been different. I'm like – if you change one thing in the timeline of life, then everything else. You're quoting social media as your source. So anyway, I'm going to take England and minus the 12 and a half. And John, you can go yourself. In the next match, we you have that on social media. Ireland hosting Italy. Gift the Italians getting 35 and a half at Aviva in Dublin on Sunday. I feel for Italy. Because I feel like this is a team that's coming out with new energy. New coach, players have not been scathed, have, you know, ambition on the minds. But Ireland's just, Andy Farrell letting these boys play like they from the South. All right? Like, they, they play like they from the South right now. 
and Italy ain't the South. <laughs> Italy, Italy had a nice game against England. Like I said, injury plague team, but no, nah, I'm giving this one to Ireland. Uh, I, I do think Ireland is them. I still don't think they're going to win the Grand Slam, but I do think Ireland is them and Italy, even with Capu Capuzzo, which shout out to Italy for being able to show out with that. Or Capuazzo. Capuazzo, exactly. Uh, with Capuazzo, shout out to them for being able to show out uh, and, and be able to play hard without him. That's a lot of points. A lot of points. Ireland is so lethal, though. Italy got they, – they put a lot into that match. 85 minutes, and they just didn't stop. They just laid their bodies down. But I think it's too many points. And I like what George said about, you know, you want to get the four the tries, the bonus point. So I'm going to I'm going to go against the grain for me. I'm going to take Italy with the 35 and a half. Picks of the week. Wait a minute. Forgot the champ again. Wow. <laughs> John, you're a terrible host. John, I beg your pardon. I, I agree Dangerous. with everything Kingy Bailu said. I I think this is more about Ireland than it is about Italy. And for that reason, I think I'm going to take Italy with the points because Ireland can beat them by 60 if they want to. There's no doubt about it. They're that much better than Italy. They're that much better than nearly every other team in the Six Nations. They could beat them by 60. They could beat them by 70. They could beat them by whatever they want to beat them by. They could beat them. I'm not sure they care. They've got Italy this week. They've got Wells next week. So they don't have a tough game for the three more rounds when they go in, into England to play uh, e the English. So I just don't think that Ireland is going to care to beat them by a ton of points. They're going to get their bonus points tried. They're going to beat them. Uh, and, and I think Capuzo can make a couple good tries. I think that line is a really good line, by the way. But I, I'm going to take Italy with the points because I think Ireland – has no desire to beat these guys by half a hundred points, which they could do if they wanted to. And it's a world of difference in playing in Italy, especially against England. But they, even if they played Ireland and Italy, that's different than going into Dublin <laughs> to play the Irish. And that is a line walking into the Coliseum. Uh, that, that It never ends well. You know, the thing is, though, we watch in the URC and we watch in the top 14 and gift. You talk about different cultures and thinking and, and uh, you know, whatnot. Leinster will go out and destroy a team, right? And there's a lot of those Leinster players with that Leinster culture on the Irish side. But again, I'm going to defer to George. All right, guys, picks of the week. John, as you eat that cupcake, let's go to you. Man's enjoying life. It's I'm nice to be enjoying, the <laughs> enjoying life. So I'm going to put a parlay together again for this week. But the key is going to be France and Scotland, okay? So you got to go with the winners of, of the all three. So I'm going to go France to win, not the points, France to win. And then I'll take uh, England and uh, the Irish. Gift. I'm looking at an over-under of 45 points for Scott France, Scotland, France. Looking at the under on that one. I'm taking the over in the Ireland versus the Italy match. On that note, I want to thank WWE Hall of Famer, cupcake eater, and rugby advocate John Bradshaw Layfield, King Gift A. Bailey, the inventor of words, Irish rugby legend George Hook, and thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including MLR Weekly, the college rugby wrap-up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. Find us on all social media, and please join our American Red Cross blood donor team. Oh, wrap it up. 
Six Nations is going to be over by the time that closing's done. Look at the lens. Look at the lens. This is B-roll. Look at, yeah, you're not looking at the lens. Again. How much B-roll are you going to shoot? Give me something. You got show me your feet. I already gave you something. I gave you the cupcakes. Ooh. 